0: So here's the deal, we're in the middle of a series, it's called Weird, and here's where that has come out of, is that you and I basically just said to ourselves, look, uh, there's a whole bunch of things that our friends do, there's a whole bunch of behaviors that our relatives have, Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that would be considered normal uh, for everybody else, but the reality is when I pause, when I really stop and take a look and say, where is normal getting us? And I look at where we're going, and I go, man, It looks like our kids are blowing up. Looks like our marriages are all struggling and suffering. It just, it just looks tough. We all of a sudden come back to a moment. We go, I'm not sure. I'm not sure normal is working very well. And so we said, all right, all right, What if we considered being a little bit weird? What if we considered doing some stuff that up until now we've paused Up until now, we've hesitated because, let's just be honest, there are some things that Jesus says in Scripture that when you read them, you go, that's just weird. Man, I don't know. And so we kind of hurried over that passage or we moved on real quickly and we said, it's not practical, it doesn't apply. But we're going back for a second look and just saying, hey, what if we go back to some of those passages that on first glance looked unusual, looked like they weren't uh, helpful, they were going to, it was going to be a weird thing if we did. And what if we reconsider weird? Because just because, maybe, weird is better than normal. And so, if you were here two weeks ago, uh, you know we talked about this whole idea that Jesus presented that said, hey, if you really want to find life, you need to die, which was weird. And we said, wait, wait, wait a minute. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. You've got to be willing to set your ideas and your priorities and your values aside and die to them and come live for me. And when you do that, you're gonna actually find life. You're gonna find the fulfillment and the joy and all the things you were looking for, you'll find when you die to your plan and come live in my plan. Last week, talk about weird, uh, we talked about this idea that Jesus presented of loving your enemies. I mean, how weird is that? Because everything intuitive, everything normal says, no, 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 get even with your enemies. Justice has to happen. And Jesus came back and said just the opposite, no, no, no. Uh, Go the second mile, uh, turn the other cheek, love the person, love the person who wounded you the most. And matter of fact, not even that, but actually maybe even do something kind to them. I mean, it's just a weird concept and a weird idea. Uh, This week, we're going to dive into the topic of time. Because there is a normal way in which people do time uh, that isn't working uh, really well. And we're going to consider being weird uh, with our time. So let's unpack that a little bit. The reality is every single one of us has 24 hours in the day. No one has more. No one has less. And yet the reality is uh, this thing has the capacity to get way, 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 way out of control. Matter of fact, it's pretty normal uh, for time to be out of control. Now, most of us would start off and we'd say, hey, look… I know there's some things that are critical for my time. There's some things that ought to be uh, pretty much front and uh, center in my life. One of those we'd all probably agree on and wouldn't argue too much is, is our marriage. And we'd say, no, 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 I, I get that my marriage needs some of my time and is probably worthy of a significant part of my time. The other, other would say is our kids. Hey, our, our kids, uh, they ought to get a, a good healthy uh, portion of our time. And I'm hoping that most of us in this room uh, would agree and say no hey God uh, God ought to be one of the more uh, pivotal parts of my time that, that that ought to just be a priority from day one but then the reality of life begins uh, to set in and all of a sudden uh, women uh, you have to cook gourmet meals <laughs> and uh, and then there, there's always work and that takes up and a huge portion of our time. And uh, and then, you know, let's be honest, all of us watch, you know, some TV and that pushes us into some of our time. And then there's always the kids who have to be helpful. What's the deal where they give us like five tons of homework and then mom and dad have to do it? What's that thing about? And so there's that going on. And then if you're actually going to be a decent parent nowadays, you realize… Your kid needs to be involved in about 47 sport activities every season, right? I mean, it's just, I mean, if your kid isn't like sport, then you're a bad parent. And so, suddenly that begins to kind of push in on our time. And then, uh, gals, you know, you want to look um, good for your husband, and so you have to go and do all the workout stuff in your time. And Facebook, Facebook. I mean, that's like totally critical on our time. And so then you're trying to fit that into everything else. And guys, you get it, that as you and I try and we get into this absolutely frenetic pace of thousands of things that try to crowd into our lives, that it's not long. And suddenly, some of the things that we, I, on first blush, acknowledge and said, man, that's critical. That is, that is so essential to my life, my marriage, my kids my walk with God, suddenly you start getting pushed to the side. And here's the scary part, guys. You ready for this? This is normal. And I'm just going to suggest to you today that normal doesn't work very well. And that Jesus is going to push into this moment and he's going to say to you, you actually have... All the time you need, you just don't know it yet, and He's going to help us reconsider our time. So here's what I want us to do: I want us to grab our Bibles today and uh, look at a passage, and it's uh, it's really the story of a gal who's living on the wrong side of this. She's absolutely pushed out of her mind on this topic of time, and it's Luke uh, chapter ten. If you're not familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible, work to the left, you're going to find this book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. If you get to the really strange uh, named books, uh, you've gone too far, that's the Old Testament. Come on back. Uh, It's Luke chapter 10. Now, I know that Scott used this passage a couple weeks ago when he was talking to moms. But you and I are going to go back in, grab a few nuggets out of it, and take off. But uh, the reason we need to go back to it is because there's a gal in this passage by the name of Martha who is absolutely living her life by normal. And she absolutely gives you and I a critical insight to how this thing gets out of hand. Okay? So it's Luke chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 38. Uh, Here's what it says. And Jesus uh, and His disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha uh, opened her home to Him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what He said, but Martha was distracted. In other words, she's she's totally caught up. She's she's so busy with everything that she's got going on in her life, that she's going to miss something that's absolutely pivotal and critical for her life because in her busyness, she's distracted from that which is most important. But Martha, verse 40, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations uh, that had to be made. She came to him, came to Jesus, said, Lord, Don't you care? I mean, how obvious is this? Uh, Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Come on. Now, Jesus, look, look, look. I get it. I get that you're the guest. I get that you're here as a visitor. But look, I mean, my sister, my sister ought to be helping. Tell her to get up and do something. Here's Jesus' response, which is absolutely critical. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. See, Martha, you, you've, got, you, you've got all this stuff going on in your life that you're just so determined that you've got to land and it has to happen and it's got to be perfect. Martha, you're, you're worried and upset about many things, but Martha, here's what you've got to get. Get this moment. There are just a few things that are actually worthy There's only a few things that ought to have your critical attention. The truth is, Martha, you'd be happier doing less if it was the right less. Matter of fact, Mary, there's really only one critical thing. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So, Here's why this story is so quick, because there are a lot of us in the room who are Martha, that that we are just absolutely consumed with everything that's got to go on. And matter of fact, the truth is we read the passage, and you and I resonate with her heart and her life, because you get what happened that morning to Martha. She gets up in the morning. uh, She got all the kids out of bed. She cooked them breakfast. Uh, It was her turn in the camel pool, so she drove her kids and all the neighbor kids to school. Uh, She wanted to look good for her husband, and so she stopped at the gym on the way home, and she did the King David aerobics. And uh, she's, I mean, she's already, uh, she's done more in her morning. And now as she gets home, someone says, hey, by the way, Jesus was asking, could he come to your house? And so now she's done uh, the, the guests are coming sprint. You know what I'm talking about, right? She's putting things away, and she's stuffing stuff under the bed, and Because we've all done that, right? And now in the midst of it, in the midst of just running her head off, here comes Jesus. He's sitting down. She still sees the 13 things that are sitting on the counter that don't look right. And her sister, her sister is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she says, come on. How in the… How can you see me? So busy. How can you see me doing so many things? And and sit. And so finally she goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, look, just… Tell her to get off of her,, ba-dump, ba-dump, and give a little bit of a hand here. Uh, it's pretty obvious. And Jesus says, no, 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 Mary. I mean, Martha. You're distracted. You're, you're missing something here. Here's what, here's what you get this, get this, get this. Do you realize that in Martha's busyness, and this is why this is so critical for you and I start here, in her busyness, She is actually missing an opportunity to be with Jesus. She's actually missing uh, the chance to sit at the feet of God. And I know, I know, I know. I know that you and I would go. Well, Lynn, (laughs) I would never do that. I'm just telling you. If Jesus came to my house, I would turn off the TV. I. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Martha's got a problem. I don't know that I've got the same problem. Really. Because here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest that you and I have the same opportunity and we're so distracted that you and I miss the opportunity on a consistent basis. If I were to ask the average Christian in this room and say, hey, how often do you have personal devotions? How often do you take a few minutes in the morning every single day and you actually spend time in the Word of God and you spend time in prayer with God so that God can help you order your day? How how often do you do that? And I guarantee you that tons of us in this room would say, well, what, what, Lynn? Wait. No, I know that would be good and it would probably be helpful, but you just don't understand. I mean, I get up in the morning. I already get up at about 6 o'clock in the morning. It's pretty early and I have to hurry off. To, you, you, Lynn, you just don't get it. And, and and I would, but the problem is I'm too Oh, come on, you can do better than that because you've said that uh, a ton of times, right? So, let's practice that again. I would, I'm just too busy. All right. How many times? How many times have you and I been challenged to say, hey, uh, we ought to be in a maturity venue besides just coming on Sunday morning. You, You and I should have a place that we specifically go to so that we can go further, farther, faster. And that we can grow. And how many times have we said in our hearts, look, I, I, I get it. I get that that would probably be helpful. I get that that would probably be good. I get that that's an opportunity to sit at the feet of G. I, I, I get it. The problem is, Lynn, my schedule is crazy. I don't have time for that. I'm just too busy. Busy. How, how many times have we had the opportunity where someone has said hey uh, we're looking for someone to serve we've got an opportunity for you to be in the student ministry or be in the children's ministry or to come and and, and we said in that moment i mean <laughs> no i mean I, yeah I mean, that's probably a nice thing it's probably a good thing but land i'm just too is it possible that there's a lot more Marthas in the room than we thought. And that you and I are literally making the same mistake she did. Martha, Martha, you're distracted. You're, you're worried about a whole bunch of things. But the reality is there's only a couple things you really ought to be worried about. See, here, here's what happens in our lives. Here's, here's how this thing gets so out of uh, kilter for us. You and I have a million things clamoring for our time. And the reality is a lot of them are just small things. It's just little things that you and I ought to do. And whether that's taking care of the yard work or whether that's uh, getting regular exercise or whether that's, you know, helping the kids, whatever that list is, you and I have just this endless list of stuff that that just needs to get done. And it's… and here's the deal. It's not sinful stuff, and that's what makes it so hard. It's good stuff. It's good stuff that we say, boy, if I did that, my life would probably be better, my kids would be better, my marriage. So we get this endless list of stuff to do. And then uh, you and I come to the critical things, the big things, and we go, well, you know, I, I've got to take care of my marriage. I mean, that's, that's a big thing, and there's got to be some time and some space in my life to do that, and, uh, you know… It may not be the most spiritual thing, but I, I've got to do my job, right? I mean, and, you know, that's how I provide for my family, and I take care, and I probably should. So that's, that's, a, that's a big one that's got to get in there um, somewhere. And then my kids, I mean, surely if I'm going to be a good parent, I've got to, I've got to carve out some time uh, for my kids. And so, Lynn, here's the deal. <laughs> By the time I just try to do that, you're, I'm delting over the top. I mean, I'm, a, I'm already at a place that's crazy in my life. And then this pastor comes in and says something really stupid, like you ought to come another hour to grow. Dude, are you just like brain? Do you not understand? What were you thinking when you said that? Because look, 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 look. I get that you're a pastor, so it's really easy for you to find time. You ever had a moment you wanted to throw a rock at someone? And so, Lynn, you know, when you come and you go, hey, Lynn, you, 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 you know, you ought to grow. Here, here's my thing. I get it. I'm not arguing against it. I'm just saying this is so unreasonable. It's so impractical to try to fit that into my life. And then, I mean, if that wasn't enough, then then my crazy pastor says you ought to serve. I already told you my answer would grow. And now you're saying, well, you know, you ought to be serving somewhere, you ought to be touching someone's life, you ought to do something with your time that has eternal value and changes someone's life and course forever. And and I like it. It's just so impractical to even consider that as a part of my life. And isn't the truth that many of us are living very normal lives very Martha lives, and the reality is there is not enough time to do all the things that we probably should do, and we're missing. We're missing sitting at the feet of Jesus because we're too busy cooking dinner. And Jesus is going to get weird. Jesus is going to come back to us and say, you actually have enough time. Grab your Bibles. Here we go. It's Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 11, which means if you kept your Bible open, you're going to go to the left. If you closed your Bible, just start from the back and keep working to the left. Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, starting uh, in verse 28. Here's what Jesus says. Come to me. Let me be the one who helps you make this decision. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And I will give you, next word. Wow. When's the last time you even thought about rest? Other than it would be nice if I had some. Come to me, Jesus says, and I'll actually give you rest. I'll create margin in your life. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. And you go, whoa, 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 whoa! wait a minute. Jesus, it sounds like you're adding something. I mean, now, I mean, on top of everything I'm already doing, you now you're saying i got to take your yoke and all your stuff on top of my stuff. It's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, leave your stuff. Come take my stuff. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light remember what he said to Martha 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 you're so distracted because you've got a lot of things you're worrying about in your life and there's really not that many things to worry about come and learn of me because when I, when I get to have this conversation with you, when we reestablish the priorities of your life, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, guys, I'm just going to tell you, this is terrifying. This is why this is weird, and this is why this scares us, because you and I live in a culture and a society that says more, 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 more. See, what we're doing is we're, we're running along pretty good pace, and then all of a sudden we go, you know, the job's not doing what I think the job ought to do. Maybe if I do a little bit more, then maybe the job will start doing what I think the job ought to do. And then, you know, my marriage is kind of suffering because of my job and doing much more. So maybe if I spend more time with my spouse in there and I could do a little bit more, and then, oh, then my kids are really having struggles, and the kids are hanging out with the really bad kids, so I spend some more time going to soccer practice. And if that looks silly to you, how silly do you think that looks to God? And yet, guys, 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 think about this. This is exactly how we cope. This is exactly how we respond in the moment because what we believe is if it's not working, then what I need to do is more. And we add and we add and we put and we place. And Jesus says, That's so normal. What if you were weird? What if you did less? Someone once said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Because isn't the reality that that if I can't get you to deny Jesus and if I can't get you to bail on your marriage and if I can't get you uh, to be a horrible parent to your kids, but what if I can get you to neglect? What if I can get you so busy that you can't possibly do a good job with the things that are most critical for your life. And so I'll just push so much into your life that you can't possibly concentrate, be successful at the things that matter most in your life. If I can't get you to be bad, I'll simply make Christians busy. Let me ask you a question. If if Jesus said, look, 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 come and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and you're living at a moment in your life right now where you go, Lynn, I'm just telling you, there is nothing light about my life. I am up to my eyeballs, and I've got a hundred things that still need to get done. If that's the case... Is it possible that you and I have taken on burdens that Jesus never intended for us to have? Is it possible that you're carrying things, doing things, that we've allowed things to creep in, that Jesus says, look, look, look. We're not not arguing about whether it's sinful or not. We're just arguing, is it distracting? Is it more than you need to do? And are you trying to find your happiness in those things that you do instead of in me? If you find yourself absolutely busy with no end in sight, and guys, can I just say this out loud? You have every right to call me a hypocrite because I'm just going to tell you I am the biggest Martha in the room. And if nobody else needs this sermon, I need this sermon. But is it possible that you and I have taken on things in our life that Jesus never asked us to take on? And that's why the burden isn't light and the yoke isn't easy. You know, here's what I think is interesting. In that moment, we trade, we trade the things that have eternal value for things that have temporal value. We, we trade the things that are most important so that we can cram in things that won't matter. Think about this. Martha trades sitting at the feet of Jesus to cook a meal that three hours later everybody's going to be hungry again. Bad trade. I wonder how many bad exchanges you and I have made. I wonder how many hours we've wasted away behind the TV set or doing Facebook or that had no real eternal value and yet we were too busy for the things that really did. And here's the the crazy part. You realize that Martha in that moment was doing something that Jesus didn't need her to do. She's cooking dinner. What happened the last time Jesus spoke too long and everybody got hungry? You remember that story? I'm thinking Jesus is fully equipped to be able to figure out and if, if guys, guys, guys if nothing else if nothing else they could have called out for little Caesars. <laughs> Think you'll get that tonight. he will get you'll get that a little later. How many times? How many times have we sat there and traded something temporal and missed the opportunity of eternal in the moment. Let's figure out the yoke. Let's let's figure out what Jesus would do with that. Grab your Bibles one last time. It's Ephesians. So if you've left your Bibles open, it's going to be to the right. If you haven't, go to the back of your Bible again. Start working to the left. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15. Ephesians 5:15 watch this cuz guys this this is this is gold. This is this is the passage that changes everything if you'll grab onto it. Ready? Ephesians chapter 5 starting in verse 15. Here's what here's what it says. Be very careful. Be full of care. If you don't get anything else right, get this right cuz this is a big deal. Be careful about this. Put a lot of thought into this. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but instead as wise. Don't, don't live normal, live weird. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Watch this, watch. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. In other words, he's saying, look, look. When, when you and I get ready to prioritize our life, when we try to put, where you and I need to start is by saying, what would God put in there? Not what would I put in, what would God start with in there? So let, let me give you a couple things I think are going to be helpful for you to get there. Number one is this, to begin asking the question that simply says, when I get to the end of my life, am I going to wish I had done more of? Okay, so here we go. I got a little list. When you get to the end of your life, how many people go, you know what, I'm pretty sure I'm going to wish I'd watched more TV. Now, Guys, I like TV. But I'm pretty sure when I get to the end of my life, that's not going to be one of my regrets. Man, I missed an episode of Bachelor. How many people think you're going to get to the end of your life and you're going to say, man, I wish I'd spent more time on Facebook no, don't raise your hands. That's okay. Some of them are going, well, yeah. Yeah. Is there a chance you'll get to the end of your life and say, I wish I'd spent more time with my spouse? Yeah. Get to the end of your life and say, man, I wish I'd spent more time with my kids. Get to the end of your life and say, boy, I wish I'd spent more time vacuuming. Get to the end of your life and say, boy, I wish I'd spent more time working. Amen. You need to hear me say this. Probably not. Probably not. And that's hard because we are so geared for accomplishment and we measure our manhood by the letters on the door. I could... Probably not. Is there a chance you'll get to the end of your life and say, Boy, I wish I had grown more spiritually? I wish I'd become more like Jesus. Is there a chance you'll get to the end of your life and say, man, I wish I'd served more. I wish my life had touched more lives and I'd made a greater impact and there were more people standing at my funeral saying that person turned my life for God. And guys, I'm just gonna look, look. I'm just gonna suggest that that question, when you and I begin to look at the end of our lives and where we will want to have spent our time, that question has the ability to bring great clarity to where we're wasting our time right now. Second thing that I think will be helpful, you and I have got to commit ourselves to ruthlessly, ruthlessly choose best over good. Because look, 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 all of this is good, but all of this is what's killing us. All, there, there's a reason for every bit of it. Every, there, someone can make a justification, boy, you, you, just, you just need to do a little more of that. You should exercise more. Your kids should be in more sports activity, blah, 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 blah. There's a, there's a case to be made for every bit of that. And the problem is, and the reason this is so hard is because we then go, well, you're right. That's a pretty darn good thing. The problem is there's not enough room in your life for best and good. It will not all fit. And so what uh, you have to be willing to do, what I have to be willing to do, is ruthlessly choose best over good. Okay. Remember what the passage said. The passage said, be wise, okay, ready? Be wise and understand the Lord's will. So here we're going to repack. I'm guessing, I am guessing that as Jesus repacked our priorities, he'd say kids are pretty important. We agree? You're with me? Yeah? Okay, three women raise their hand. The rest of you don't give a flip about your kids. All right. I'm guessing, I'm guessing Jesus would say your marriage is pretty darn important. All right. Four women raise their hands. Okay. I'm guessing that God is probably going to say, all right, all right, all right. Your, your job gets to fit in there because that is how you take care of your family. That, so your job probably is a big piece that needs to go in there. You agree? Yeah. yeah. The men are all going, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm guessing. I'm guessing if you ask Jesus, he's going to say you growing in your faith is a big deal. Some of you are going, I'm voting, I'm just not coming. All right. I'm guessing, I'm guessing if you ask Jesus, he's going to say you living a life of service and touching people's lives around you for the kingdom is an important deal. And that Jesus would say, "Ray, Ray, right, be wise, don't live a normal life, live a weird life, be sure those things which are most critical, be sure the things that Jesus would put in the pot. Remember Jesus said, look, 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 you're worried about so many things, there's not that many things to worry about. There's just a couple things worth worrying about, Jesus said. Matter of fact, Jesus said, really there's just one because you realize in every one of those couple things, that's just all honoring me. So just do that. Make sure you have time for that. And then, you ready? Jesus says, all the rest of the time is yours. All the rest of it, you can fill up with any good stuff you want to fill it up with. You want to hear something incredible? That when you get your priorities right, and when you put the most important things into your life, it's amazing how many good things still fit <laughs> <laughs> and oh, look. So here's I we're going to do an experiment in a few minutes. So I'm going to take you there. We're going to do an experiment together. And I'm going to tell you that I think we're going to find all sorts of margin in our lives with this experiment. And what you're going to be tempted to do when we do this experiment, and I'm hoping you're going to put one or two of the big rocks back into your life as a part of the experiment, but what you're going to be tempted to do is let this thing fill all the way back to the top again. And I'm going to even ask you and push you a little bit to say, you know what, as we do this and when this starts to work for us, when we start living, I'm going to ask you maybe not... Maybe don't fill this thing all the way to capacity in your life. Just in case, you ready? Just in case Jesus comes for a visit, that you've still got time. That if Jesus would say, hey, there's this really great mission strip to Kenya, you'd be able to say, hey, I think I could fit that in. If all of a sudden there was a coworker at work who started to show some interest in spiritual things, you say, you know what, I think I've got some margin. I think I could do a Bible study with them that if there was a neighbor down the street who was really struggling in their marriage, you could say, hey, you know what? Come, come to the women's Bible study with me. I wasn't going to go this semester, but I, I, I think I've got the margin for that. That you and I would leave at least enough room that if Jesus came for a visit, we wouldn't be distracted. Wouldn't that be a cool moment? Here we go. I, w- I want to give, give you a challenge because here's what I'm going to suggest to you. I'm going to suggest you have this time And I want to prove it to you. I want us to do an experiment for a week, okay? And and, and just see if it's right, okay? So here's what I want us to do, all right? Here's my challenge to all the Marthas in the room, okay? I'm challenging you and me, you and me, to go on a seven-day technology fast. Ah! I know. I know, I know. So, so it, here, here's what it means, ready? It means, it means no Facebook, no television, man, no video games for seven days. And I know, I know, I know, I know some of you are going, oh, yeah. I don't need to do nothing to prove nothing. If you were talking to an alcoholic and you said to them, stop drinking for seven days, and they said, I don't need to do that, I don't do that, you'd say, see, you just proved my point. You didn't get that. Let me say it again. (laughs) If you were talking to an alcoholic and you said, try go seven days without drinking, and they gave you a lot of grief for it, you'd say, see, I proved my point. And if you're sitting right now in this moment and I say to you, hey, think about turning off your TV for seven days and you're going I think I just proved my point. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna ask all of us in this room, seven day technology fast, okay? Because here's what I think you're gonna find. I think you're gonna find you've got so much time, you're bored. You might even have to read a book. You might have to talk to your children. I, I think we're going to find all sorts of margin in your life with this one simple step. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do because I'm going I'm to backfill a little bit of that time. Here's the two things that are part of the challenge the next seven days. Number one is this. I'm going to ask you to spend 20 minutes at the feet of Jesus every day. I'm going to ask you to get up a little bit early and I want, I'm going to ask you to do this at the beginning. I am. I'm not the end. I, I'm going to ask you to spend twenty or 10 minutes reading the Bible and 10 minutes praying. How revolutionary would this be? God, I've got a busy day today. Tell me what's important. Th- that might change your life. Okay? So here's part of the fast. Okay? This, this, this is the challenge. 20 minutes. 10 minutes reading your Bible. 10 minutes praying every single day. And then here's the other part. Somewhere in this next week, I need you to take an evening... And you're either going to go on a date with your spouse or you're going to do something with your kids. Just one night. Just one night. Okay? And if you're single, then you go hang with some friends. It's okay. You go, this is my date night with my friends. So so that's okay. Because here's what I'm trying to create, guys. You're going to suddenly find that when you make the important things important, the other things don't seem so important anymore. And when we come back after the week, if I win my bet, in other words, if we come back and you go, Lynn, that was amazing. I can't, I, I can't believe how much time I had. Before you pour back in, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to put in at least one of God's priorities that you'd say, hey, you know what? I'm going to come. I mean, before I start pouring back in the internet, before I start pouring back in, I'm, I'm going to take an hour, hour and a half of my life and grow. I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to take some time, and so I'm going to find a way to put something that Jesus says is critical back in. If, if, if Lynn can really help me find time, then I'm willing. I, I, I'm willing to put in that which is most important seven-day fast. See what God does. Let's pray. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, we're, uh, we're simply coming to the moment. And God, this, this isn't a time management talk. It's a life priority talk. And God, you simply came to us and said, hey, if you would learn of me, if you would figure me out Your life doesn't have to be that busy. It doesn't have to be that chaotic. The reality is, I'm going to narrow your life down to three or four things that are just absolutely important. And if you do those, it's going to create all sorts of margin for the other stuff in your life. And yet your life's going to be fulfilling. It's going to have purpose and meaning in it. So God, I'm just going to ask that you give us the courage. Don't let us walk out of here and go, oh, that was a great idea and not even explore. God, give us, give us the wherewithal to say, "I'm seven days, I'm just going to give it a try. For seven days, I'm going to be weird. I'm going to turn off my TV. I'm going to turn off my Facebook and my video games. I'm just going to see what type of margin that creates in my life and see if God would give me the ability to start putting some of the most critical things back in that I'd find time to sit at the feet of Jesus instead of Facebook. And this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, if you need someone to talk to, we've got counselors. Uh, They're gonna meet with you here at the front. They will spend time with you. For the rest of us, get up and go turn something off. God bless.